0: Today we are dealing with the topic apologetics topic, the exclusivity of the Christian faith, the exclusivity of the Christian faith. No,, no, no. Very good. Okay. Now, before that, uh, as a teacher, I would like to not just share with you what I have here, but perhaps provide a pathway for you to continue this journey. The Veritas Forum Veritas means truth Now, for this moment I'll allow you to take out your phone All you got the high-tech phone, mobile phone Please take it out We're going to do something here Take out the phone Yeah, uh, I I hope you take out your phone And uh, and make sure it's a high-tech one Where you can actually go on the net I want you to go on the net, alright? Alright <laughs> if you do but anyway, uh, Veritas Forum. Now, if you will Google, put Veritas Forum, you find that there is a forum called the Veritas Forum. Now, the Veritas Forum started when a group of Christians in the university decided to take on to discuss in a forum the Christian faith in the university situation. And this is done in where a lot of university in America and in England and in the top universities. So you can understand that these topics which we have, like in apologetics, is dealt at a very high level so that we can be comfortable to know that, you know, uh, things are being taught through for us too. Okay. Uh, this, if you go and click on, you'll probably get this guy's face. He's the champion. That's not important, but what I want you to get to here, you can't see properly, eh? but I'll just read to you. For example, they have anti right speaking of the future of the, our future in the resurrection of Jesus. Anti right is speaking the unity of St. Andrews. Ah, yeah. Good. That must be good. Now, the second one is done drawing the line, the ethic of the gene editing. The gene editing. I remember Sandra asked me a question while I was taking the, the, the uh, study with them there. She stopped me and asked me, what do I think about genetic engineering for the embryo? Now, our school kids at that level is actually having, having to handle deep topic. And they have to respond in the essay. So she asked me that. So you have and it's done in the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. It's a very good education. And the next one is done in Cornell University. And then we have again, can a scientist believe in miracles? Can a scientist believe in miracles? And it's done in MIT. We have Tim Keller there, and he is Tim Keller is a a very good thinker, and he's doing something in the New York University, all right in New York City. Now, I'm not trying to be taking up to a intellectualism, is that, but saying that at at that level, when they actually do a forum in public, you have christian non-Christian and non-Christian lecturers, top thinkers what do you call bringing up in the public what they feel and then the the, the Christian will actually try to respond from the scripture why this book can be dwelt up at a very high level of thinking and we must assure our youth and those young people going to the university that we do not have to put our mind in the fridge we can think things through and this is and this is the only forum which is actually this our Christian faith is the only faith that can be dwelt on at that such high level of debate and discussion and conversation alright so as you do this uh, and then we have John Leonard in UCLA John Leonard is a mathematician and he's a very good presenter he is uh, Physicists, too. And then we have uh, Multiverse, the Polygraph, and the Resurrection in Princeton University. And then last week we were introduced by Costa about string theory. Now, string theory, string is not something you tie the atom together. At least, string theory, we are talking of the very, 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 very basic substance, they say, and it's vibrating string. Vibrating, so the atom is made of sub 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 sub, sub vibrating string. What does that mean? It's all theory, all right, and it's done in Princeton. So if you have Googled this and you in your uh, handphone and all that, I hope one day you just and you got nothing to do, just listen to the one. And you can get this through the YouTube as well, YouTube. So if you are finding there are so many suggestions in the internet and you want something good and something sort of reliable to, to, to actually ponder through go to Veritas Forum Veritas Forum okay? I know that inter- we must accept that internet is our very current form of communication getting information and it's also a place where you got a lot of rubbish too so you must be careful So I'm pointing you to somewhere It's tested By both ends Alright So there are a lot of topics They talk about So this is something I leave with you Before we begin the topic So Veritas Forum Okay Today we're going to talk About the exclusivity Of the Christian faith Now How do I How do we What does it mean? Uh, the exclusivity of the Christian faith means that we say our worldview when you actually talk about faith and all that in that kind of environment we call it worldview my worldview is a Christian faith or Christian faith we say that our Christian faith is exclusively true exclusively true we are the only and, and, and that takes we are the only true world view now that is a lot to say to the public right? that's a lot I wonder is there a politically correct way to say it? believe me necessary to say but there's no other politically correct way to say that this is the way alright? We'll, we'll deal with it now, and also we say that our worldview does not lend it to be incorporated with other worldview to come over and say alright we agree that we have a new basket we are having this one basket we are not putting it into another basket to complete it and say okay this is an acceptable mix no we are really exclusive Now, there's no politically correct way to state it, but maybe through grace and gentleness. Through grace and gentleness. Now, there's a few, there's some disturbing news. Violence taken place all over the world, and the last one we have, the New Zealand issue as well as the Sri Lankan uh, thing. What more to me than the loss of life, which is terrible. But society on the whole feels that to state a worldview exclusively and to hold it firmly, you are termed as an extremist. We are actually, you say that people feel you are an extremist. They actually put us in that basket. So we are actually fighting out from the box. So I think we should actually know that it must be true grace and gentleness, but not forcing anybody down the truth. But it is an uncomfortable view. It's an uncomfortable stand, but we have to have that stand because it is the truth. And truth is exclusive. Alright. Now I want to bring you to what I call the framework of thinking. How do we get to that point to, to, to explain out? Maybe it will help you. And this is my framework which I actually work out myself. And if it help you, fine. If not, this is the framework I take. And maybe we can actually have a conversation with it. Now, there's a difference between apologetic and polemic. Apologetic is actually to explain ourselves in defence to tell people what we believe. Polemic is actually to actually go across there and say maybe you are different, but it's actually a bit more violent. Word actually is to state with that you are wrong, and that is actually something which is not easy, isn't it? In a very society where we, we have to be in the tolerance, but that's a point whereby to know an apple is an apple and an orange is an orange. We must say that white an apple is not an orange, so that is polemic. Now, Islam, those who Muslim, they are very good in polemic to say other people's wrong, but not good in apologetics. And once you face them with them, the historicity of Islam, or the credibility or what they say that the Quran is perfect and there's no error they then defend that so they are good in telling what people are wrong about I think that's an easy job but they're not good in apologetic but we as Christians can do those we can at first defend our hate to say that why we say through the scripture that this is the truth? And we have to turn and say this is the apple, that is the orange, and that's a difference. Okay, so that is the difference. Now, when we say about truth, we use a framework of comparison, comparison using the essential question that is universal, that cut across geography race and culture. Now how do I compare the apple and the oranges or the the worldview? We want to use a framework of some of the questions which all of us ask. All of us ask. To me there are four questions which all of us ask and we're going to use that to compare our worldview with the other worldview. Now I won't actually be dealing too much with other worldview but I have to touch on it too but more I'd like to say why our worldview answers these important questions now the framework of comparison using the existential questions first is the question of origin the question of origin I think Costa did a little bit of last week when he talked about God the God question is there a God? the question of origin Second, the question of meaning to life. What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? I think in all worldview, we searched for these two questions today. Question of origin and the question of meaning of life, to life. And then the question of ethics. Why is there a universal of, a universal standard of right and wrong? And why do we struggle with that? Why do we struggle struggle with that? The question of ethics. And lastly, the question of destiny. Where do we go after we die? What is life after death? The question of destiny. I think this sort of covers all the struggles which a person has when they consider worldview or religion or faith. One of the questions, all of the questions, I just wonder if you can suggest another one which I can consider and say, alright, what is my answer to that? But basically, I think that this four does cover everything which I can think of. Okay? Now, the framework of thinking part two is how do we actually sort of pin and say, this is right and that is wrong? How do we actually do that measure? Now, we understand true when it resonates with the logic we experience in life. How do you know that this is the truth? It's because it resonates with what we experience in life. Let me give an illustration. This is a factory and it makes the scrabble tile. The tile is scrabble with inscription of all the letters there. And one day there was an explosion. And all the tile flow up in the air. And then it came to a place and it landed out nicely and then you can read the f- today's news in that piece of a arranged tile. Now what do you think that is a possibility of that happening? An explosion and all the tiles flew up and landed on the place and it was today's news. Pardon? Billion? Could be one billion? I think that it could be almost non Maybe a letter will come out here, a word, you know. So what you do is you are thinking through your logics and say, no, this in my life experience won't happen because it's a sophist, uh, 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 You must actually take the tile and place it yourself, purposefully, intentionally to pass a message, to make sure that it's aligned correctly. There's purpose. There's intention there's control and therefore there is a design come out is that what you feel isn't it? but when we think of the sophistication of even our gene we take I think 1.5 billion pigmentation to come up to the correct gene or make you and I we say time matter and chance you see that we have to relate with logic and understand? And of course, I cannot in my life experience accept that. Impossible. So we use logic of what we see, what we experience in our life to say, now, I think that couldn't be possible. It is more possible for the explosion of the towel flying out from the scrabble factory to make today's newspaper than... For a gene, of 1.5 billion permutation to come out perfectly, you get what I mean. So we use our logic to understand that. Okay, that's the first thing. So we use, and we we, we can resonate it because it's logical in our experience. The second thing is, uh, the, I'll go to another another illustration bef- before the second one. Is one more thing is some people say that if we don't see it then it doesn't exist we don't see it and it doesn't exist but not everything in the world exists that way consciousness thinking we know that thinking is going on I hope it is thinking is going on break up the mind find the thinking You can't find it You can't find consciousness So that means that In our experience Not all that we can observe Are true Only true There is more than thing we can't observe We can't observe And therefore When people say Show us God Then I will believe And because God didn't show himself (laughs) Therefore I don't believe then you ask a question, are you thinking? You're thinking, show me your thinking on the plate. Now I believe that you're thinking. You get the logic? So we actually bring our life observation to actually to, to understand truth as a matter. Okay. The next thing is when we have these four questions, these four questions must not be answered just as by 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 themselves, make sense by themselves now I'm going to put a higher standard to it that this answer must cohere together this answer must be a total answer must be united answer so that they don't contradict each other and that will become worldview you can answer one 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 strand of it and this other strand contradicts your strand then it's not the total answer but we have to have a coherence of all these answers unitedly to give us a unified answer, and we're going to put very high standard of what we can find in the scripture that the scripture have that answer for of the question in a coherence. We can be proud that we can be thankful that the Lord had placed this book in our, our possession. All right, all right, okay. We have heard, read to us, Jesus say I am the way, the truth and the life and I want to use this to unpack the four questions The four questions I Unpack this to answer the four questions I hope you're still with me Okay, I am Answers the question of origin Jesus said, I am I am and the M is a presence present tense it's not Jesus say I am and now he was Jesus say I am at the moment I am he is always present so he is present, he is God in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 he says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth now it is a genius of a verse which you could not think that somebody in the ancient world like Moses Could have actually panned it down Because we are actually finding so much truth in that Because in the beginning means what? We started with time God created time Without time you cannot put anything into it So in the beginning time was created And God created the second thing Heaven and earth, space And then substance you cannot go any way around. You get know I mean? In the beginning, he got time. Then he created space, and he got substance. Now I do read some of the ancient literature on on on, on other worldview, and the way they conquered the beginning is very fanciful, almost uh, DC Comics, Marvel magazine kind of thing. And the, the genius of just one sentence. Moses penned out in the beginning. God created heaven and earth. That is really come out with such genius. Praise the Lord. The Bible starts from the beginning. And it tells us with such clear definition. And we can still hold it now. We can still hold it now. There are first... Job chapter 38. I enjoy Job. Job 38 is more of the poetic thing. I think we bypassed that. But I want to go to the second note is John chapter 1, verse 1. John chapter 1. The beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Again, we have the beginning. And the beginning was the I Am, the Word. Now, I struggled a bit this morning because my track of thinking take a bit of turn when I'm thinking that when we talk of the beginning we always talk about where is God the substance of it but then I'm drawn to one fact that when we look for beginning when we struggle to want to know the beginning is to know who we are who we are we are not taking a spectatorial view and say ha this is how God created but we are actually finding wanting to find who we are. And in the beginning, God says in chapter one, says, He said, Let us create man in our own image. We find ourselves in the image of the I am, in the image of Jesus. That is our cry. You know, one illustration I can give is when a person is given to abdo- from to adoption and later on he did not know where he wanted to find his root he want to find his root he is not interested in which hospital he is born but he want to know who his father and mother in which image he is born so when a person asks you the existential question of origin it is is not struggling the scientific thing of trying to know how God created the world The cry, inner cry for all of us is Who am I? Where does my origin come from? And the Bible put it so clearly That we are created In the image of the I am What what a high status What a privilege it much thanksgiving. So I'm taking this thought through to the next part. And when we're looking to the question of meaning of life. The meaning of life. Again, we go back to the origin. What is the meaning of life? The Bible revealed the plan of God from the beginning to the end. That is a meta narrative. The moment and the fulfillment of it can be witnessed in the historical context what I mean to say in this Bible we do not have this Bible come up halfway in civilization but this Bible actually anchors from the beginning and it tells through history how God has moved no time no, no, no moment of time did God ever sort of it's not there insist. From the beginning till now and he also preached. So we actually have a purpose because our meaning has to be entwined with what God has for us. What God has for us. And then I think that the the question of finding the meaning of life is because there's a loss of meaning of life. Now This is a handphone. Now this is seasoned chestnut. Now to open the chestnut, I'm gonna use my handphone. Is the handphone created to open the chestnut? No. We are created in God's image for the purpose of relationship with Him and when we turn away we lost the meaning of why we are created like the handphone is not created not made to open chestnut so when we rebel against that design and that purpose we have a lostness of meaning, and that is the cry. The first cry is, Who am I? Of origin. The second cry is, What is my purpose? So, when you take the gospel to a people, the person, you are actually helping him to rediscover his real purpose in life, his real purpose uh, to restore, to be restored, to be restored. the next thing is the question of ethic and Jesus say I am the truth I am the truth he didn't say that this is the self-rules where you behave and this is the truth and that makes it probably easier for us we just we can tick the box and say you know I've done this I've done that and, and this is it and probably as a Pharisee probably I can tick maybe 99% of it if I'm very but when we compare to the person of Jesus Christ it begs much more than that because Jesus Christ is the I am and he is the holy God so our ethic is not actually measured against a standard but the person of the holy God the holy God so this is a, that's why I am sorry. Now ethics and one of the things which is dwelt in the realm of ethics is meaning to ethic is underlying love. Love. Now I feel that when love is it's used in a wrong way by saying, make love is to have sex. All the past we say, wow, well, in, 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 the, in, the, in the literature we say, make love, that means we know he's having sex. We take the word love and put it into the gutter when we do that. And when we say, another way we say that, tolerance. Tolerance, a very very nice word tolerance. We have to be tolerant. But Romans chapter nine. Romans chapter twelve, verse nine says Love hates evil. Do not disguise love with tolerance. It's not the same not the same you may say you might use the word tolerance to sound politically correct but God's standard means love hates evil love hates corruption and the, the place where we have to stand and say that no that is not right that is not right so in the question of ethics, we measure ourselves with what is not right in the sight of God not what is politically correct or what our culture says so and our culture is trying to force their image on us and we have to stand and say no love hates evil and evil has to be identified I think we actually are going through the stage where we heard of the rugby player follow follow. I will have this question to ask why is a person why why do a person take offence when he quotes the words if the person take offense do not believe in hell do not believe in God he should not be worried and should not take offense if you do not believe in God and you don't believe in hell why should you take offense when follow says that sinners go to hell I don't understand but just in passing for that alright and then, destiny, the question of destiny. Now, our Christian is unique because it is the only worldview where a person came back from death Jesus Christ. I am the life. I am the life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and because he died we can raise again because he came back from life no other worldview have that no other worldview can demonstrate that and some will claim that um, they come back in the spirit and Jesus don't claim that Jesus didn't claim that I come back in the spirit he came back alive and because of that because he lived I too will also live so in the question of destiny, we have the assured fact when Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. We can have all these questions in our life tied together as a unified answer. And we are having this distinctiveness, exclusivity of our Christian faith. I find all this in the scripture. Isn't God great? Isn't we be in a very privileged position? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, that concludes what I want to share with you. But, we have actually gone through a series of evangelism. I thought I was very encouraged when we go through uh, the series of evangelism and we have done three sessions of apologetics and I'm sure all of us are like yeah, maybe we can do something now I have a friend who opens a small table, book table in Denonon market I go to see him sometime on a Saturday and it's a Christian book market they are to say that they are selling books because they want to have legitimacy of putting their table there, but it's a preaching point. It's a, uh, the, the 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 couple Sonia and Sammy actually is worshiping in Causeway Church. Causeway Church. Occasionally, I'll go there and have a chat with him, and also help to distribute the flyer with him. But sometimes I bring people along. People who actually like to th- to, to to try how is it like to go down the street and maybe just push a track, sit down and talk to people oh, uh, you know when they're having coffee and all that. I take people who are quite timid too, ladies who say, no, I don't, can't do that. I say, no worry, you come, you stand behind the table and you just smile when we do the front end. And so. But later they find it a bit boring, so they say, okay, I'll take the track as well. So they took the track and they went, and they had the time of their life. And they came back and said, well you know didn't know that it was easier than what we taught now I'm saying that, that to invite you if you, any of you would like to join uh, me you know, and four, four or five of us can just pop down on a Saturday morning and we just help Sami and Sonia and do that and then come back and just reflect on what we do and maybe you have done not done that before. It'd be pretty interesting, and maybe you can actually try. If you want to, my wife will sign you up. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you want to, if you want to go, we went as a as, as, as a, a Bible study group. We have a Bible study group. We say, okay, we go as a Bible, So we know each other and we sort of you know hold each other's hand and go down. That's another way of doing. It. But if you want to go separately, yeah. Sometimes I will do a magic trick there which tell the gospel and then the crowd will come in and then I'll share the, the, the gospel through that. But I invite you to actually participate in this and it will give you a shot. And it's interesting. And of course we end up, we can go to one restaurant there and have a meal there and, and talk over it. It'll be good. Alright, thank you very much. Praise the Lord.